Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Thank you very much. I realize that it's me separating you from food, and so I will not be long-winded. So I guess we'll get started here. I always just like to kind of survey the audience a little bit. How many of you in here have never heard of the Lawn Care Nut? Raise your hand. I'm hoping there's a few. Okay, that's always surprising to me because all of my content is not made for you. I have the utmost respect for what you do. I just never had the guts to do it. I only speak to homeowners and DIYers. But with that today, I'm going to let you in on some of the things I see because a lot of them are your customers at the same time. So who is this not for? And this is supposed to have like some animation in it. But anyway, it's supposed to be like, oh, I'm, you're see, I'm not good with slides either. See how plain those are? I have designers for everything. But this is not for somebody that's just wanting to stick with one truck. You're going to be fine. Technology is not going to really probably interrupt you too much. It's also not for those of you that are getting out of the business in the next five years. However, if you're somebody that's going to stay longer than that, and you can see my other things there, if you're looking for a different way to go to market, if you're looking for some different ways to sell your services, if you're looking for ways to stand out and use technology to do it, then this talk is for you. And I hope that it'll be, again, me coming from, I'm not somebody that's here to sell you anything. Uh, I don't have anything to offer you. All I have to do is offer you some things that I think I've learned, and I hope that it'll help you in your business. So let's talk a little bit about me. So I'm going to go back a little bit and give you my story. So I was in the United States Air Force from 1993 to 1997, and I worked in the public affairs office. And back then, there was there was the Internet was real new. In fact, it was only on military bases in 1993, 1994. You didn't have a public Internet. Uh, but I was a photojournalist. That's what I did. I worked in public affairs, and we had a base newspaper that we put out every single week, and I was the editor of the base newspaper. It's so funny because everything that I learned in the Air Force is exactly what I do today. I take pictures, and I write content, and I use that content to convince and to convert. So I learned that that many years ago, just a whole different uh, genre, a whole different world. Um, when I got out of the Air Force, I went to Bible College in Northwest Indiana, and I'm originally from Florida, born and raised. There aren't many of us left. But I went to Bible College in Northwest Indiana, and it was a Baptist college, and I realized after a couple years there that I was not cut out to be a preacher. And so I dropped out of that college, and during those days that I was going to school, I was working for True Green as my job. And I started in sales, and I would go out, and this was back in the days when telemarketing was still big. Again, the Internet was very young. We're talking 98, 99. So I'm 50 years old, just so you guys know. And so telemarketing was big, and we would go out every day, and we would run 30 leads, Somebody would call and they would warm up the leads. Hey, somebody's going to be in your area next next week. Can we stop by and leave you an estimate? I would get 30 of those. The people said yes, and I would go. Now, this was in the south side of Chicago. That's where I worked. I lived in northwest Indiana, but we worked in south side of Chicago, Crestwood, Illinois. And so we would go and we'd leave those leads, and we'd come back and we'd call them, and we'd sell them, and we'd make commission. And that was the job that I had. When I dropped out of college, I was like, I'm just going to stay with True Green. I really like this. And I actually learned that I really liked lawns. Even though I was doing big corporate lawn care and selling stuff and convincing people on the phone, and we ran like a literal boiler room. Anybody ever seen the movie Boiler Room before? 
That is literally what True Green Rooms used to be like in the late 90s. And so we would do that and we would make good money and I learned and I moved up my way up into management and I worked there for 15 years. And uh, that, that photo on the left right there, who remembers the fad of planking? Anybody remember the fad of planking? It was in The Office in 2011. They planked in the show The Office. So that, that's where it got big. So that's me planking in my office at True Green. I was the general manager of the Hickory Hills, Illinois branch. We did $11 million in revenue. I had 35 lawn techs, five Hort techs, 50, no, 30 sales reps, door to door. At that time, telemarketing got out, outlawed. And so we pioneered door to door sales. And I had 30 people that would go out every day all across the Chicagoland area in our, in our market and they would knock doors and they would sell. And so that's how we, I learned. The thing about it is when I became a general manager, um, that was in 2009, 2010, the internet was now ch pretty big at that point. 3G, how many of you remember when 3G came out in cell phones? You have 5G now, but if you remember 3G, that changed the internet. That's when the mobile internet came online. Before that, you really couldn't go on social media sites or anything on the internet on your BlackBerry. But as soon as Apple came out with the iPhone, whatever number it was at that time, and 3G networks came in, and then soon after 4G, now the whole internet changed. And what I realized was as a, as a general manager at True Green, is I really like the job. I think it's the best job you can hold in that company. Anybody former True Green? I mean, anybody here? Wow, that has changed. I can tell you right now, 10 years ago, if I asked that question, everybody in here that does spring learned at True Green. Just shows you what the internet's done for you, hasn't it? So either way, I started looking because True Green only did direct mail. That was their main marketing. And direct mail is very expensive. And I would see it on my P&L as a general manager. I would see the direct mail costs. And I was like, man, we are not getting the return here, especially because True Green in Chicagoland had like a 50% new sale cancel rate. <laughs> How many of you guys could survive on that? Again, this is back in the day. So I started realizing I want to do things differently. I want to market differently. I want to use the internet to market differently. And so I started a blog. Let me see where I'm at. This is, uh, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Yep. I started a blog. And in 2007, it was called Life in Lawns. And all I would do was I would get questions from customers during the day. They would call in and ask, why is my lawn brown in July? I don't know. Do you not water it? You know, it was that kind of stuff, right? But because True Green sold only on price and everything about True Green was price, 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 cheap, cheap, cheap. When somebody actually had a problem with their lawn and they called us, they'd never believed us because we sold them on price, not quality. We didn't sell on our expertise. We sold on price. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to take all these questions. Why is my lawn brown in July? And I'm going to type everything out about watering and half inch every couple of days. And I'm going to teach them all this stuff. And when somebody calls and they don't believe me, I'm going to go, go on the internet and see what this dude wrote over here. I bet you'll believe him because I realized people were believing the internet more than they were the humans. And that was in 2009, 2010. So I built that blog and within just a few months, I was getting 15,000 visits a month. You have to understand in 2007, eight, nine, that was massive. It's massive today, but that was a lot back then. And I had no idea how this was happening. I'm like, this is really cool. I got to be able to make some money on this. So I started studying more and more about the internet and SEO. Who's ever heard of that term? Search engine optimization. Started learning that back in the day and Google algorithms and all these fun things. And it became really exciting to me all while still working at True Green. So that's kind of how I got my start. And I thought, you know what? YouTube is where I want to go next because the blog was great. I sold the blog in 2009, actually, for $30,000 to a company called Quinn Street, which was just this marketing company. And they bought it. Now, $30,000 to me in that, in that day and age was life-changing money. It still is today, but back then it really was. 
And I didn't go to college or anything. So I took that money, or I dropped out of college, as I told you. So I took that money and I reinvested it. And I bought all these different courses on how to make money online, how to be an internet marketer. Some were scams, some weren't. But I actually found somebody, a mentor, that actually taught me true search engine optimization and taught me about the internet and how things would work. And I started to learn. And I realized that YouTube started in 2005, if anybody's wondering. We're going to do a little history here. And I was in 2010, I thought, I think that's going to be the future of what lawn care is because the blog is cool, but it's hard to connect just through still photos and, and words. I bet if I did it on video, I could do really well because I used to teach my lawn specialists how to spray lawns. I would teach them about nitrogen rates and NPK and, and how much nitrogen you put down for this app. And let's talk about pre-emergence and soil temperatures. I taught all these to my lawn specialists, right? So they could make proper applications. And I'm like, I'll just take that and start turning it into video. Now, here's the thing. How many of you guys remember Ray William Johnson equals three? Anybody remember him? So he was the number one subscribed YouTuber in 2010 with a million subs. In 2010, there were five channels that had a million subscribers on YouTube. And he was number one. And all he did was basically review cat videos. That's what he would do, right? How many of you thought YouTube in the beginning was just cat videos? Raise your hand. It's okay to be honest. That's what everybody used to say it only was. How about this one? Do you remember Annoying Orange? Yeah, it was, it's still around today. It still gets a lot of views, actually. Annoying Orange was the number two subscribed. And I know you got to remember Shmoyo, right? Who, come on, hide your kids, hide your wife. Who remembers that? Yeah? All right, who remembers the double rainbow? It's a double rainbow. No? So what, man, you guys, either you're all really young or you're not on the internet as long as I've been. Because I've been obsessed with it for a long time. I knew there was something for me there. I just didn't know exactly what it was. But that's what YouTube was. And so nowadays, just so you know, right now there are 50,000 channels with a million subscribers on YouTube. So from 2005, there was five over a million. Now there's 50,000 over a million. And there's a couple at 100 million. So those things have grown. And I knew early on, I'm not very smart. I'm not somebody that's going to tell you that I know how to run a business in a great way. The only really thing I have to my name, the only good thing that ever came about my mind is that I knew that I would be able to make a living on YouTube or that I'd make a living on the Internet someday with lawn care. That's what I knew. All right, so in 2010, I started to, to focus on YouTube a little bit. Now, you realize when you work for True Green, I had a non-compete agreement. I wasn't really able to put out this type of content, so I had to be really careful. A blog, just so you guys know, True Green was head in the sand. They had no idea what the Internet was. They didn't have any interest in it, And I, because I tried to talk to them about it, and they didn't care. Go do your thing, general manager. Leave us alone at corporate. And so they didn't have, so when I had a blog, they didn't care. They didn't know about it. It was great. But when I went to YouTube, I knew things would be different. So I was very careful. And in 2000, I put up two, five videos in 2009 and three in 2010. And I got six subscribers. And you can see these are literally from my analytics. I got 3,500 views in my first two years on YouTube. Now, can you imagine how devastating that is when, when you're trying to build this business and you know you got something and all you got was six subscribers and 3,500 views out of six videos? Not very much. 2011, I didn't put up any videos. Again, I was scared of my non-compete agreement. And by this time, I was a regional manager now, regional commercial sales manager in the Chicago region for True Green. So I was being really careful. Um, but I did end up getting 80,000 views on those same videos that just sat there. And I thought, oh, this is interesting because 80,000 is something, especially back then. And I actually picked up another 151 subscribers. So I was at 157. All right, now we're doing something. Something's working. The other thing is during this time, I had started learning internet marketing, as I mentioned to you, and I started taking on clients on the side. 
And I lived in Northwest Indiana at that time. And for some reason, I got into this niche of travel agents. And I started having all these travel agent customers and clients. And I would do all of their local optimization. Google Local, I don't even know what they call it now. It was not near what it was. There was no, people were using MapQuest still back then and printing out MapQuests. Who did that? Who still prints MapQuest? Don't raise your hand if you do that. You know, but there was no apps on phones, really. You know, Google Maps wasn't what it was. And so I took on all these clients and I was helping them optimize and they were doing really well because I actually knew what I was doing because I had learned and I taught myself. And so I started making some pretty good side money also. And so I didn't put up any videos. Now, in 2012, I'd been at True Green now for 15 years and I was making $105,000 a year. That's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money today. It's a lot of money in 2012. And it took me a long time to get there and I worked really hard. But I got an offer from a little startup in Naperville, Illinois, that had eight employees, and they did digital marketing for auto dealers. I was their ninth employee. I left True Green to join this business because I knew that the internet held a future for me. I went from 105000 as a, a regional manager, and I moved down to $75,000 a year. I had kids, everything, kids in, in middle school at that time. And to take on this digital marketing job, it was called Launch Digital Marketing and Dealer Inspire. But what that did is it allowed me to start making more videos because I had no more non-compete. So I made 14 videos that year. And you can see I picked up 190,000 views and 400 subscribers. Now is at 557. We're going to make a big living off that, aren't we? But I still had my clients on the side and now I was doing digital marketing. Now, if you guys know, if you've, if you have anybody in here know any auto dealers that you're, are your friends, they are the biggest spender in marketing in every town in America. If you want to know who spends the most money on advertising in your town, it's your Ford or Toyota dealer, for sure. Back in these days, Toyota dealers would spend $50,000 a month on pay-per-click from Google, and that was normal. Okay, now I don't know what they spend. It's probably way more than that. So we were dealing with their budgets, and so I got a real good education on Google AdWords, and I also got it on Facebook marketing. Facebook started coming along then. They started having more options, and so that's what we did. We managed this for these auto dealers. The other thing that we did, and I'll go ahead and go to the next slide, because I left True Green, and so from 2013 to 18, I worked for this company, Launch Digital Marketing, Dealer Inspire. It went from nine employees when I joined to over 500, and it was acquired in 2018 for $160 million by cars.com. It was a technology company. We did all their marketing, but the other thing that we did was we built software for auto dealers. I didn't. I was in sales, and I was in customer relationship management, but I got to work with the developers, the engineers building the software, building the chat bots, and building all some of the things that they used on their websites, as well as we did their, word, their uh, websites on WordPress. And so I learned all about building websites. I learned all of those things and I got a real education in digital marketing. At the end of that period in 2018, you can see, and I covered up the revenue right there because it really started to explode as I put it out more content. And I ended up, I had, uh, let's see, 150,000 on my email list and 220,000 subscribers. And I actually put out this ebook and I sold 15,000 copies during that time. So I had realized, again, I understood marketing and I realized that my first way to get into this would be to sell an ebook. And what my ebook was, was exactly what I would do to teach my lawn technicians. I just taught homeowners. And I figured, you know what? They need to learn all the same technical things that a lawn specialist does. They don't need to know what to put down. They need to know why. Why am I spraying this yellow stuff you call prodiamine? What's it supposed to do? What's it supposed, what results should I expect? When I put down ammonium sulfate, how fast should the lawn green up versus when I put down a coated urea? All of these things I would teach in that ebook to homeowners because I knew that they were going to want the same information for their home lawns. And I turned out to be right. 
So in 2018, cars.com purchased launch digital marketing and dealer inspire. And it became extremely corporate, just like you could imagine whenever you have this small startup where you're just balls to the wall, growing it. And then all of a sudden it gets bought by a big corporation, things change. And I was like, uh -uh, I'm out of here. And I was like 46 years old at this time. So I was like, I'm getting out of this. I had my subscriber base here. The other thing is, is I'd build my email list. The biggest thing that I learned over the years is that when you're big on a, a platform like YouTube or TikTok or one of these now, you need to find a way to get your customers off of that platform and into your email list where you will have them because these platforms can be fleeting and you can get knocked off at any time. Any of you that follow the news, you see people that get knocked off these platforms all the time for saying the wrong one or two words and they're done. Get them into an email list. That's the number one thing. And by the way, there's a lot you can do with that. We're not going to go into that type of marketing today, but your email list is your number one tool when it comes to marketing. Build your email list. So I was ready to go. And so I had to get some more things here for, for my audience because ebooks weren't something that I could sell for life. There's only so many people going to buy an ebook. So I thought, well, let's do this. Let's take my ebook and let's turn it into an app right there. And so we launched the, well, I launched this brand, Yard Mastery, in 2019. So now I'm going to tell you something. That, that's, I've only had revenue since 2019 in Yard Mastery. And what Yard Mastery is, number one, it's an app. And what the app does is exactly what my ebook did, except now it's coded into an app and people can download it and it will tell them what to put on their lawn and when based on soil temperature codes. So we have an algorithm built in there. It looks at the soil temperature. I can get the soil temperature at your house. By the way, you can get data on anything. I can get the soil temperature at your house. I can tell you when it crosses 50 heading to 55. Here's prodiamine to put down. You buy it from my store and I ship it right to you. We do the same thing with the fertilizer. We do the same thing with biostimulants. And then I give all kinds of tips and stuff in there. And so that's what my app is. But because I had an app, I also needed, whoops, I also needed fertilizer. So I developed my own line of fertilizer. These are all things I didn't know. I didn't know how to, I mean, I knew what I wanted in an analysis. I know I want a 2406. I'm going to put some chelated iron in there. I knew those types of things, but I didn't know how to go and talk to a manufacturer about that. But I learned. So now we have our own fertilizer line. It's kind of like a Scott's four-step, but it's mine. The way I describe that is, is um, if there's any beer drinkers in here, 15 years ago when you used to go to Chili's or used to go to Applebee's, you had a choice from Bud Light, Miller, and maybe that was it. Maybe Corona. Now you go and they got all kind of tap handles with craft beer. Craft beer just came in and took over and changed the beer industry. My fertilizer is the craft beer. That's what it is. I have better ingredients than what Scott's does. I get you better results. And also I give you all the training you need. So that's kind of how I look at that. We also have a custom soil test now. So I worked with a lab and we have our own soil test and the results from the soil test will populate in the app and give you a custom program based on those fertilizers. Now, none of this is for you. I'm not selling you any of that. That's all for homeowners. Don't ever buy fertilizer from me. If you're in here right now and you're buying fertilizer from me and putting it on customer launch, you need to stop because I'm selling one bag at a time and shipping it directly to your door. You're going to go out of business really quick. Your chemical cost is going to be off the charts, but homeowners are different. It's a whole different ball game, a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching things. They can still know all the technical stuff, but again, they're not buying pallets or truckloads. So that's what yard mastery is. So currently right now, last year, we did 14 million in revenue and our first revenue was in 2019. So it took me a little bit of time to get there. It took me a little bit of time to figure that out. I had no idea this is what it was going to be. I didn't know I was going to learn how to do development work. I didn't know I was going to have engineers that I worked with, people doing code. I had no clue, but I just knew that I needed to think differently about things. I knew I wanted to make a living in lawn care, but I didn't want to do it out on a truck. 
My biggest fear was I would jump off the back of the truck and break my leg, and now what am I going to do? That's the reason I never went into the same thing you all did. I just didn't have the guts for it. But that turned out to be good because I got to do something a little bit different. My YouTube channel now has 100 or 540,000 subscribers. I think it's not going to get much bigger. I just don't think this niche is that big. Maybe eventually it will, but I kind of also understand where it can top out at. And that's fine. We got, you can see we got a really nice size business based on just a small YouTube channel. All right, so let's talk about some things now that I think can help you. So I've had to learn to think differently. The first thing is people told me lawn care has to be done in person, face-to-face. -face. No one will ever buy it online. That's what I was told originally, very early. I was also told, this is my mom told me this, the Internet is just scams and porn. That's what my... Now she, that's what she thought the internet was. In fact, for years, up until maybe like three or four years ago, my mom thought that I was scamming people on the internet because that's all she knew. The, she's in her 70s, you know, until she came and saw my warehouse and she was like, oh my gosh, there's actual stuff here. I'm like, yeah, it's true. No one will see you as authority because you don't have a college degree. I was told that so many times. You got to have a college degree in order to teach people about lawn care. YouTube is just cat videos. No business will ever talk to you. No one's going to sit and watch you mow their lawn. People ask me, in short, what do you do for a living? I say, I mow my lawn and other men watch. Maybe there is something to that. Facebook and Instagram, it's just for kids, no adults. No real brand is ever going to take you seriously. No one will pay $70 for a bag of fertilizer. It's too expensive. I know what you pay for a bag of fertilizer. My people pay $70 to have it shipped straight to their door. Because there's value in what I offer, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's a lot more value above which just what's in that bag that they don't get from Home Depot, okay? Homeowners don't care about soil testing. Homeowners don't want to download an app. All these things I was told would never work. As lawn professionals, I think you need to think differently too. Because if you think about the different industries that have been disrupted recently, lawn care has not really been disrupted. It's done the same way now as it was 25 years ago. There's, you have some technology that you can employ so your customers can pay you, your routing is better, things like that. But the same thing is done. You show up, you mow, you edge, and you, and you leave. It's, it's really very similar. It's not been disrupted. But ask anybody that used to drive a taxi how Uber disrupted their business. Ask Airbnb about the hotel industry, DoorDash, the restaurant business, Instacart, grocery. Tesla's disrupted the car business, but not in the way you think. It's not about EVs and electrics. It's about the dealership experience. How many of you like going to a dealership to buy a car? I worked, in, I worked for auto dealers for years, so I understand. You like going to the dealership to buy a car? Okay, most people don't because they don't want to sit there and wonder if they're getting the right price. They don't want to sit there for six hours. Why does it take six hours to buy a car? It doesn't make any sense to me. People in Florida bought houses in an hour from New York and they moved sight unseen. They bought a freaking house, but it takes six hours to buy a car. Tesla's disrupting auto, the auto business because of the fact that they have a no dealership experience. Anyway, the disruption, I believe, is coming to lawn care. And you can get ahead of it. And you can get ahead of it starting now. I want to give this little uh, thought here. It's called the dichotomy of control. If anybody studies any Stoics, this is a Stoicism here. You don't control what happens, but you do control how you respond. You know, you're business owners. You're driven by the weather. You have no control over that, but you do have 100% over how you control that or how you respond to it. I'm sorry. you got to remember that as things change, as things get ugly in this world, and, and it looks like your business is going to be disrupted, remember, you always control how you react to that. Here we go. California, they banned the gas. I had to mention it. 
How many of you, when you saw that, you kind of, ah, that's not good. How many are not, how many are upset about that? Or you don't like it? It's okay, let's be honest. I don't like it either. I don't like being told what to do. I'm a freaking American. I live in Florida for a reason. Okay, all right. But it's not in your control. Now, you don't live in California, right? So you're okay. Miami Beach. They've now banned gas in Miami Beach. That's in Florida. They don't have, this doesn't have to do with anything else except they just decided they wanted to have power over their people. I don't know. But they went ahead and banned them in Miami, Florida. I could give you example after example. Here's one right here. Washington, D.C., I guess you could expect that one. But how about right here? Georgia seeks a ban to gas leaf blowers. That's Georgia. Now, that one didn't pass, but it's going to come back up. How about Dallas, Texas? Texans don't like to be told what to do, right? Somebody tried to bring it up in Dallas. It failed, but it's not going to be forever. It's going to keep going because you guys know how this works. You've seen it. So here's how you think differently about gas. First of all, the ship has sailed. Your gas is going to go away. I'm sorry if you don't like that. I don't like it either, but it's going to happen. Just like your, uh, your uh, muscle cars went away in the 60s and catalytic converters came in. Everybody hated that. I wasn't alive in the 60s, but I know people didn't like that. Your gas stuff's going away. I don't care where you live. It's going to be gone in the next five years. This is just how the world works. Remember, you can control how you react to it, but you can't control what happens to you. It's going to happen. So you might as well start getting ahead of it now. Let's talk about unique selling propositions. This is what I talked about last time I was here. Things about your business that are unique. Why should somebody buy from you other than you're the cheapest game in town? Well, if you mow and you blow and you edge, there isn't a lot that you can say, right? There's not too many things you can say to differentiate yourself. But you can now because I'm telling you that the battery-powered stuff, it is quieter. And there are people now that they all work from home. You know, the whole world works from home now, right? After the pandemic, guess what they complain more about than they ever did before? Is that gas-powered equipment. So now you have a unique selling proposition. I'm the quiet guy. And I would hammer that. And I'd make everybody that uses gas stuff evil. Because I don't care about their business. I care about mine. They're not putting food on my table. I am. So I would demonize everybody that's loud in my town. Now I'm talking... Very extreme here, but I want you to understand, sometimes the extremes, you back it down a little bit and you got something there. They're quieter. Anybody in here go after government contracts? I can tell you that people in government, they want this. Whether they pass it or not, whether they have the power to do it, they saw what California did, they see what places like Miami did, and they want it. And so even if they don't have a law about it, I bet you could win more government contracts just by going in and saying, we're already ahead. We already know what you're going to do. And we're already there. Now you can get them locked in. How about HOAs? People, anybody work with HOAs? Yeah, you know those people on HOA. That's the only power they ever had in their life. So go ahead and get them locked in because they want to ban the gas stuff, right? So there you go. Get in there. That's your unique selling proposition. We're already battery. We're already quiet. We're not going to disturb you. Big corporations, same thing. I don't want to get too political here, but what are big corporations beholden to nowadays? So all kinds of different rules. That's why I'm glad I don't have an HR department, my little tiny little company yet. <laughs> so I don't want to be beholden to all that stuff. So go in there and get the big corporations. If it's in the news, the decision makers at those businesses, they want it. 
And this is how you're going to get it because you're going to get ahead. Now, again, this I, I understand that this requires you to believe me when I tell you that all your gas is going away. If you don't believe me, that's okay. But I'm telling you, it's going away. Whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. Say goodbye to disorganized and inefficient business management. Upgrade to Jobber, the field service management software. Streamline every aspect of your business from quoting to invoicing. Impress your customers and increase your productivity. Start your journey to success with Jobber now at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. If you want to earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Braden used our price increase letter, and what happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it, and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he'd never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change, so we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%, and um, we were doing around a million gross, up that to 1.2, and we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 grand. Say that Say that one more time. $200,000 that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it, it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided an ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beyond is probably the best investment we've made in 32 years. <laughs> that is awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug and play template. You just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here. And in the most straightforward, concise way it explains to your customer why you're raising their price it made him 200 grand each year and then you're going to raise the price again next year exactly this is already being done does anybody know mike in south carolina he has quiet lawn you should look up his youtube channel he teaches you everything he's learning right now in real time about running an all-electric lawn service he's already doing it so you already got somebody right there that is ahead of the learning curve and teaching you how to do it right Johnny back there too. I, he, he's big on the robots. Here's another one. This guy right here I just met. He's called the Solar Punk. He's in Orlando, Florida. He doesn't give a rat's ass about lawn care. Doesn't know anything about it. In fact, he's one of these kids. He's young. He's uh, 30 years old. He doesn't even like lawns. You guys ever run into the lawn haters? The people that think lawns are deadly and they kill bees and all this kind of garbage, right? He's one of those. But he's also a kid that was raised on tech. And he's like, I just wanted to see if an all-electric lawn service would work. So he's just that. By the way, that's how the younger generation is. They're just curious about stuff and they just do it. They just go for it. Like it's because they have everything available to them. When I was a kid, if I wanted to start a lawn business, if I didn't know somebody in the business, I would have no idea how to do it. Now, all of it's available to you. And so there's people already doing it and you can learn from them. All right, let's talk about robotics next because robot, robots run on batteries but they're not, the battery isn't really the threat that way. The actual robot, the threat there is that it's going to take your job. And I know that sounds, what? A robot's going to take my job? So right now, the robots don't work all that well. I'll talk about Crest in a minute because they actually do work. All right. And I'm a Crest dealer in Bradenton, Florida. So I'm just going to say that. But most of all, they don't work. They just don't. They have a lot of problems. They have a lot of issues but they are coming and they are going to get better. The other thing to think about, by the way, there's a lot of people that make a living in technology now that didn't 15 years ago, and they'll buy a robot just because it's tech, because they just like technology, all right? So you guys have heard about autonomous trucks, right? Semi-trucks, they're already on the road. If, if they can do an autonomous sem semi-truck that drives across country on its own, you don't think they can mow a lawn autonomously? 
Here's a company right here called Waymo and runs in San Francisco and they run autonomous taxis. You call, you get a Waymo app, the taxi will come to you. There's, there's no person driving it and you get in, it'll take you where you're going. So they can definitely, the technology is going to come along for lawns. There's a few things they still need to overcome, like trees and houses and blockages and things like that. But they're going to come along and they're going to improve and they're going to take over. Here's a company here. This one's interesting. They're not really that advanced yet. They're called Nexmo. And what they do is you buy like three or four of their robots and you go to a big commercial property and you sit right here and you just turn them loose. They just go and take care of it for you. So that's the stuff that's coming. This happens on golf courses. Any of you guys ever see robots on golf courses? They're everywhere on golf courses. Golf has definitely taken on the uh, this challenge. So I'm just telling you, get into it. Here's what I would recommend you do this year. You don't have to change your whole business model, but start learning. Get ahead. Think differently. I would go and I would install, install two robot mowers. Everybody in this room that does any type of, type of maintenance, install two robot mowers, one on a residential and one on a commercial, and learn. Because you're going to pick up a lot of things. You're going to learn how to install it. You're going to learn how to service it how to track your time and investment. I want you to pay attention to the reactions of customers. So we put a robot on one of my employees' lawns and now 17 people in his neighborhood after two years have robots because they stop and talk to him and ask because it's so cool and so different and they want one and they name it. Did you know that people name their robots? Every one of them gives it a name. Does anybody name your, your, your lawnmower that you stand on? I got me a rat stander. I don't care, but they name that thing. It becomes a part of their, their home. The other thing about that is it's you on their lawn every day now because it's still you. It's just you're the servicer of the robot. Be observant and learn. Learn something new. And the other thing is I always talk about content. You should make a weekly video about that and put that all over your social media because no one else is doing it. And it's really good eye candy and people will want to watch it. All right, let's talk a little bit more. So think about a business model shift. So right now, when you go get a cell phone, you can lease the cell phone, right, and make payments every month, or you can pay them the $1,000 up front, and you can buy it. But they make a lot of money on the financing. So why wouldn't you do that with your robots? Why wouldn't you be, I mean, this is what auto dealers do, right? If you go to buy an automobile, you can lease it or you can buy it. They make money either way by financing it. Did you know that most auto dealers have their own finance company? You think that you're financing through Toyota Finance, and you are a lot of times, but really they have their own financing company in the Cayman Islands that they make their money on. And so you can do the same thing. Invest in the robots, lease them out to your customers. After three years, if you need to get a new one, new lease, they're never going to leave you, right? So think about things differently. You might just make money. Some of you will go into the leasing business of robots and you'll never mow another lawn again. All you'll do is you'll be the guy that leases robots to everybody else because they don't have the money to buy them up front. So think about it that way. Think differently about how you can utilize this technology for the future of your business. So you're going to show up, though. You're still going to be on their property once a week because they don't weed whack yet. But now just think about this. You're going to show up, and now you don't have to mow anymore. All you're going to do is you're going to pick the robot up. You're going to bring it in the van, and you're going to clean it. Maybe you're going to change the blades and set it back out, and you're going to weed whack, and you're done. So you have less time on site. You also have a different kind of employee you can get. You're going to find people, I mean, labor is a tough thing, right? Now you're going to find people that like to deal with networks because now they're going to have a network of robots that they deal with and they're going to service the network. So now you're a different type of employee that you're looking for. Somebody that maybe has that technological prowess, something that they like. What else? I'm kind of skipping through here. Customer retention, right? 
How many of you like changing your cable company? Can't stand it. How many of you like changing your cell phone company? The same thing's going to happen when they get you and, they're, and that robot. They don't want to change, especially if there's a little bit of pain in the beginning, and there is. They don't want to do that again. So now you're locked in. So it's a customer retention tool. I like this too. You're going to unlock a different customer base. Let me talk to you about the customer base that I see. So you have DIYers that are hardcore that will never hire you. And then you have people that only hire lawn businesses. What they were raised with, they move into a new, new house, they call, they get the water hooked up, they get the electric hooked up, and they call and they get their lawn service going. There's just people that are just that way. But there's this other group of people that you and I don't reach, and I call them reluctant DIYers. And they're actually the, what I think are the main group out there that's untapped right now. This is the guy or gal that every Saturday, or actually every two Saturdays, they get out there with their John Deere tractor that hasn't had the blade sharpened since they bought it, and they jam it all the way to the ground, and they hammer that bad dog out there, and they scalp it down as low as they can. You know these people. They're not buying anything from me. They're, they don't care, and they're not hiring you. But if you can sell them a robot, now you just solved all of their problems. You solved the thing they hate doing the most. They're allergic to that grass. They hate it. They, what do they do? They edge it once a month and they're out there all freaking day, right? Edging. Now you just unlocked a brand new customer base because you solved their problem. And a lot of these people that do this, and we've watched because of who's bought the robots through us, and they haven't all bought Crest. They've just bought other things because we've only been a Crest dealer for a little bit of time. What we've seen is they're mostly IT people. There's a lot of people in IT in this world now that do that type of work, and they're the ones buying these. They're also the ones that hate lawn care the most. So I'm just telling you, there's a different market that you can get to. Commercial office building, this is where Johnny will tell you. You put these out in front of a commercial office building, and everybody that looks at that mower all day long will want to call you because they're going to want one. There's, you can't do that. with, with there's just That's like free marketing. You can put wraps on these. Put your phone number on there. Put your website on there. Get that out there. Commercial properties, you can, again, it's quiet. So we can talk about that. We can have this go overnight in your HOA or in your resort town or whatever thing that there is that they need to be quiet. So think differently about this technology. All right, let's talk a little bit about marketing. We'll get off of that and let's talk about marketing. I want you to think differently about marketing. All right. So this is from the CEO of Home Depot. CEO Ted, Ted Decker said that millennials are one year away from being the biggest source of spend at Home Depot. And you know what the millennials are? Anybody in here that's over 45, you've been bitching about millennials for years, haven't you? They all grew up with a trophy. They didn't have to be winners. They all got a trophy, right? They're soy boys. huh? I'm using that Southern accent just because it sounds good. But you know what? They're the biggest source of spend at Home Depot. Guess what that means for you? <clears throat> They're your biggest source of clients. They're homeowners now. But they've been raised differently. They do things differently. First, here's how millennials think about Home Depot. And this is my wheelhouse. This is why I make a living. This is 100% why. Because of that millennial, and by the way, this is old guys too, but they go to Home Depot and everything on the shelf is going to burn their lawn. That's what they think. It's all going to burn it. The second thing they think is they don't have confidence in that Home Depot worker because he reminds them of the boomer that's talked down to them their whole life. They don't want to talk to him, right? He's got all those badges and everything, all those pins and shit all over the place. So what do they do? They go to the internet to find their information. They develop trust through the internet. They purchase through the internet. They want to be part of something. They don't just want to buy. They want to be a part of what they buy. They want to feel they're a piece of it. 
<laughs> they're definitely environmentally conscious. I don't care who raised them. They went to public school. They are more environmentally conscious than the generations before. And they are very loyal. That is your newest customer base. Because again, if they're going to be Home Depot's number one customer, they're going to be yours too. So how does this translate to you all? If they're HD's biggest cohort, that means they're homeowners. They're also at the age where they're now decision makers for those of you that do commercial stuff. So again, same mentality applies. They will buy without ever meeting you or talking to you on the phone, and many would prefer not to talk to you. I have a friend, his name is Jake the Lawn Kid. He runs a little uh, lawn business in Northwest Indiana. My friend John back there knows him and has mentored him really well. Um, he was my neighbor for many years, and he has a YouTube channel and everything, but now he has his own lawn care business. He does spray work. He's licensed. He's 22 or 23 now, and most of his customers, he's never met them, and he's never talked to them on the phone either, but they pay every week. That's just how things are now. Your per the personal stuff is gone. What else? Millennials do a lot of internet research before they make decisions. Much of the research is on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. They respond to eco-friendly green messaging, but they'll know if you're faking it. They'll figure it right out and they'll see it. But here's the biggest thing. You should be ready and available to respond to direct messages and comments on the primary platforms. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, X, and TikTok. You should be there because they will reach out to you on those platforms to ask you questions and to sign up for service. Even though it seems weird, like why would you contact my Facebook page to get an estimate? But they will. And if you're the one that responds right away, and I'm talking at 10 o'clock at night, you'll get that business. Now, while you're monitoring all those DMs, your content on social media is what's going to win them. Because they're not going to necessarily talk to you, they are going to get to know you through your content. So it happens here a bunch of times already, but it happens all the time. When I meet new people, almost nobody ever tells me their name. Do you know why that is? Because they feel like they know me, because they've been watching my content. So people don't come up. Now, this is the South, so it does happen here. But a lot of times people just come up, hey, Alan, blah, and they just start talking because they just know me. And that's fine. That's how the internet works. Wouldn't you like to have that same reaction with current customers or new customers or potential customers? They feel like they know you because they've been watching you. <clears throat> so here's some things that I think you should be putting out. And by the way, every one of you should be doing this, okay? Show what you're doing during the day, befores and afters. You guys have interesting jobs, especially if you do spray work. It's cool, man. You got all kind of really cool stuff you can do. All kinds of uh, before and after. You can talk about the products you're throwing down. People love that stuff. You can talk about weed identification, disease problems, all the stuff you're seeing. Why do I do it this way? Why, does, why am I better than my competitors? All the things that you would teach to a new employee or that you tell your wife why you're so great, put that stuff on the internet. It works. People want to see it. Give out tips and tricks. Early season signs of spring. If you live in an area where it snows, people are they're begging for spring. Their, their skies have been gray. All the y'all that live up in the Midwest where your skies are gray for six months a year, I understand. I lived in Indiana for a long time. You start talking about signs of spring, people will watch you just for that. The day the sun comes out, starts filming the sun. People will watch you just for that. Weather reports, sunrises, sunsets, cool season information, cool information about your neighborhoods. There, some of the neighborhoods you service are historical. I would talk about that. Hey, did you know that uh, Babe Ruth used to live in that house or whatever? I would find that stuff out. That's cool. It's really different, right? And interesting for you to know. How about this? Talking to customers, customer testimonials, employee spotlights, and shout out to other local businesses. If you eat somewhere every day, I would talk about it, especially if it's the same place that a lot of other people eat. And what you want to do every single time you do that is tag your location. 
Every one of these platforms allows you to tag your location, either the business you're in or your town, and it's really your town, because the algorithms on these um, sites, they will show that to other locals, and that's how you can start to spread for free. But you got to put out the content, and then you got to tag yourself. So instead of putting in more time and effort this year to expand in a new service line, my challenge to you is to put all of that energy and money into creating content. So instead of saying, you know what, this year we're going to add on uh, Christmas lights or whatever other things you're going to add on, put it all into content. Put all that time and money into creating content. It's not weird anymore. I know that there are people in this room that if you were to hold your phone up and walk out in public and talk to it, you feel weird. I understand that, but it's not weird anymore. By the way, if you want to have a fun follow, go on Instagram and follow Influencers in the Wild. Have you ever heard of that one? It's people that film influencers like on the beach with a camera and nothing else doing their dances and stuff. It's funny, but it's normal. Anybody been to Disney World recently? There's people filming themselves up and down all over Disney World, putting out content. It's not weird anymore. It's normal. I want you to understand you with a camera in your face all day long as a business owner is normal. You got to start thinking about that. If it does bother you, if you are embarrassed, the way I got over it many, many years ago was I went to downtown Chicago right as everybody got off work and I got the biggest selfie stick I could and a big old camera and I walked into Chicago in rush hour for an hour talking to the camera. And I, it's funny because back then, this was in like 2012, nobody was doing it, so it was weird back then. And you, I could see people, because I had a flip screen, I could see people doing this. Like, what is this guy doing? But it's not that way anymore. It's pretty normal, pretty normal. If you put out locally oriented content, it will be found and it will you will get business from it. Think of it like a networking group. How many of you are in any type of networking group? Whether like BNA, CNA, TNA, where you go and you exchange leads and there's like an insurance guy there and there's like a real estate person, right? That's what the internet is. That's the new networking group, except it's free. This is how your newest customers are going to do business with you and it's no touch. We're almost done. Then we're going to eat. All right, let's talk about content marketing just a little bit. Now, I thought that Harold's was a sponsor here, but did they, are they not a sponsor now? Where's Jason? No? All right, well, I'll talk about it just real quick. Harold's, anybody here buy their fertilizer from Harold's? Probably a bunch of you. Okay. How many of you guys have ever heard of their technology called Polyon? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you ever had a residential customer go, hey, man, you guys use that Polyon in your fert? Nobody because they market that to golf courses and you. But somebody took the time to create that logo. By the way, they're the biggest premier controlled release. It's slow. It's a slow release. It's just polymer coat, okay? Slow releases your nitrogen. They've been doing that since 1992, and I guarantee you nobody in your town that's outside of the professionals ever heard of them, heard of Polyon, right? It's for you. Well, what I would do is I would ask them, can I start using that in my marketing? It's in my fert I bought from you. Why can't I tell people I use Polyon? Sounds cool, doesn't it? And Harold's, how about we do a group something together? How about I do two lawns this year and I'll film it and I'll use Polyon and I'll use one with a 45-day release and one with a 50-day release curve and we'll just see what the difference is and I'll make content on it for my customers and talk about how I use Polyon and look how great these work. Do you think Harold's would appreciate that? Yeah, go to their YouTube channel. Nobody watches it. It's a, it's a corporation. It's nothing bad about Harold's. Nobody wants to watch a corporation. They want to watch humans like you. So that was just one idea. I was going to riff on that a little bit more. But that was one way to do it. So 
Let's think about this. In 1998, when I started working full-time in this industry, the only ways to get in was you had to know somebody in the business, you had to work at True Green, you had to find a mentor at your fertilizer supplier. How many of you, your fertilizer supplier has been a mentor to you? I know it's the case with Jason, he's talked about it. That's right. So that was the way to do it. But there was a steep learning curve and a lot of barriers to entry. Nowadays, you can learn it all online. There's influencers all around this room that'll teach you everything you need to know about the business. There's no secrets anymore. So I think some of you, you should consider taking your knowledge to the internet. And I think some of you should become influencers. I think as you start doing the content for your business, you're going to get feedback and you're going to learn things. And you might find a whole nother way to make a living in this business like I did just by putting that content out. And you might be able to mentor the next generation. You never know when that's going to happen. See this guy right here? Anybody ever heard of this channel called Dry Creek Wrangler School? This guy has a million subscribers. Look at his videos. You can't see. That's one year old. 5.3 million subscribers. One year. Or 5.3 million views. 4.1. One year ago. 1.5. Two years ago. 1.7. One year ago. This is an old cowboy. That's all he is. And he just sits there and talks about how to be a man. He talks like this with a real slow draw. And I got out there on my, on my horse. And oh boy. And that's what he talks. A million subscribers from an old cowboy. You never know if that's going to be you but you got to put out the content to start. How about this guy right here? Who's ever heard of Bob Ross? <clears throat> Who used to watch Bob Ross when they were little? Happy trees. Remember how he used to say, <clears throat> by the way, Bob Ross is dead and has been for many years, but he has 5.7 million subscribers and he's dead. And none of that's in HD. Look at the, you can't see the views there. 48 million views, 38 million views from a dead guy. But you know what Bob Ross was? He was just an influencer on PBS because he used to go, I'm going to put down the yellow ochre and I'm going to put down the Prussian blue. Remember all that? Those were his freaking paints that he sold. It's a $300 million company. I used to think as a kid, that must be like an art thing. Like all artists use yellow ochre. No, that was his names for it. He created paints and just gave them different names. And he had a PBS show and he built a $300 million company. He thought a little bit differently. All right. Everybody's an influencer, whether you know it or not. Who knows who that is? Of course you do. That's Elon Musk. Elon Musk is the CEO of Tesla and a bunch of other businesses. But you know that he's really just an influencer. That's really what he is. I'll tell you why. He's the CEO of Tesla. Who's the CEO of Stellantis? Anybody know? Anybody even know what Stellantis is? It's what Dodge became called Stellantis now. Anybody know their CEO? No. Anybody know the name of Ford's CEO? No. But you know who Elon Musk is, don't you? Because he's an influencer. Because he builds his business being an influencer. Who knows who that is right there? That's Mr. Beast. That's right. He's an influencer too. He has a brand called Mr. Beast Bars. Feastables that are in like every Walmart now and a bunch of other things. And he's, he doesn't, he's not a chef. He doesn't know anything about candy bars. But he invented what's called content to commerce. And that's what I do. Basically create content and then create a, uh, a, something that you're going to offer to your audience. His happened to be Mr. Beast Bars, and he also did some burgers and some other things. But everybody now is an influencer. It's not weird. It's normal. Think about this. 25 years ago, if you wanted to get some sort of free or viral marketing for your business, you had to hope that the nightly news would come and do a special on you, right? You had to hope that something was going on and the news would come and cover you. And some of you may have tried to get on the news, right? Very difficult. Now it's all at your fingertips. All you have to do is make the content. It's all there and it will all spread. It's free now. It's democratized. 
Let's look at a couple more. Who knows who these guys are? You know, Bob Vila, right? That's Roger Cook. That's Bob Vila's landscaper. Do you know that their show, This Old House, it gets millions of views now too, and they still make new episodes? They're just contractors that realize that if they made a TV show, they'd get more contracting business. And the same with Roger. Roger, wherever he's from, Boston. He knew that if he just got on TV, that he would grow his landscaping business. They're influencers, just before we called them that, right? Who knows who these guys are? That's Jerry Baker. Who's ever heard of Jerry Baker? Oh, there's got to be somebody in here. All right, one? All right. Jerry Baker used to tell you to put like nitroglycerin in and motor oil and crap like that on your lawn. <laughs> Crazy concoctions he used to come out with. Anybody know who that is? That's P. Allen Smith. These guys are just people that wanted to sell their gardening. They, they own garden centers, right? Every little town in America has that Sunday morning call-in garden show. Do you guys have that in your town? Right, where they, people can call in and go, yeah, my Diffenbachia, they got this black stuff on them. What is it? You guys, you guys have that in your town? You guys don't listen to radio anymore. All of those people own businesses. They're all business owners, and they're using the radio to market. It's the same thing. This is what you can do now, but you don't have to do it on the radio or TV. You can do it for free. So that's everything I got for you. I hope that at some point, somewhere along the line, that you were inspired to do something a little bit differently, to go out there and make a change because change is coming and I want you all to be ahead of it. Thank you. That was really good. All right, we're gonna eat in just a few minutes and uh, cameraman, 10 minute warning, we're gonna do a group picture up here um, in just a few minutes. Uh, John Matson, he's the big fish in the room. He's a uh, VP, we're calling Vice President of Ferris here. So, uh, Thankfully, uh, Ferris is one of our sponsors today. We're going to have dinner for you guys tonight. Uh, breakfast is really early tomorrow at 7.30. Um, so we're going to have breakfast for you guys tomorrow and lunch. And obviously, Jason and I can't afford to feed hundreds of people every day, every meal. So thank you to Ferris for uh, sponsoring this event, bringing you guys meals. So without further ado, John Matson. <laughs> Well, this is an incredible event. I, I really didn't know what to expect, and I'm, I'm extremely surprised. And just, you know, I think the time out there in the field today was kind of says it all because you guys are, are very real with the equipment, right? This is our audience to be with. And so I've been with Ferris for 15 years. I've got a great team that's with me here. We've got a couple of uh, product sales specialists that are with us that are kind of subject matter experts for the brand of Ferris. And uh, as you go out tomorrow and demonstrate the product, we certainly want uh, to, to pick their brains, ask them any questions regarding our product. And then we got our Ferris uh, marketing manager, uh, Chad O'Fiera, is with us in the house tonight. And then we have some other sales folks, Martin Brown, Casey Thewitt, and Colton Medlin. So uh, we're glad to be here. This is the place where we want to be invested in you guys as a landscape industry. I think it's the best use of your two days by investing in yourselves and networking across uh, the span of, of tons of uh, professional like landscaper, like-minded people um, in your industry. And so we're, we're excited to be here. A little bit about Ferris. Uh, for, for the most part, Ferris has been a lawn cutting company since 1986. But before that, they're actually 1909 is when they got their start and they were in the, the, um, milking feed industry. They were selling like feed carts to the dairy industry. And in 86, they started building lawnmowers. And then in 1998 is when we started putting independent suspension on our products. Um, and that kind of set uh, the course for us uh, because we really believe in innovation in this industry. And so 
the kind of the idea birth uh, was from just kind of what passion and what work kind of collided at the same time, right? You had a couple of gearheads who spent their time racing on the weekends, uh, but they were building lawnmowers throughout the course of the week. And so Todd Gordon, for those who's a NASCAR fan in the room, Todd Gordon, who used to be the uh, crew chief for Joey Logano when they made that championship run in 2018, uh, he's responsible for kind of the catalyst behind the suspension on our products. If it's good for racing, if it's good for automobiles, why wouldn't we have it in, in lawn and garden product? And so that really is what we bring as a differentiator to the marketplace. And what that allows you guys to do, that those who do maintenance, it allows you to get jobs done a lot faster. The suspension itself takes on the rigidity of what you're cutting. So it allows you to be much more productive, which at the end of the day, if you can do something faster, you can put more money back into your pockets. And that's what we offer the industry, a lot of innovation in that regard. Uh, we build high quality uh, products for the landscapers just like you. And so again, we're really excited to be here, thankful that we're a partner of this. I uh, want to thank Jason and Paul for allowing us to be a part of this. I think it's a great uh, use of your time, and um, I won't stand in the way any longer of your taco time, okay? So if you have questions uh, throughout the course of tomorrow, we're going to be out by our trailer, so please come and visit us and experience suspension with us. Thank you. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.